The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Uh, welcome. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, you weren't paying attention at all so far. So, um, welcome. I'm, I'm excited you're here. Thanks for coming back. I thought after last week uh, and the little turn and, and confess your sin to your neighbor, we may not have had any people come back. But um, we did, so that's good. Uh, welcome. I'm excited to be here. It's, it's fun to, to be a part of uh, the inn and this community. As you probably figured out by now, I, I have three days left after today on staff here. Uh, and then a month of marriage prep and stuff, uh, and then moving down to California. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to get a chance to to finish up what's been a really great three years here for me. Um, like one of the slides showed, I was uh, living in Alabama before I came up here for two years. Uh, sometimes I act like I've been in Alabama for a long, long time. Whenever somebody asks about my Alabama ID, I talk in a really southern drawl. I know I'm always starting saying, yes, ma'am. I lived down there my whole life. Uh, but one of the things down there, I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but uh, my second year down there, I was living with another guy, and my house got broken into. And I never had anything like that happen before. And I didn't think I would be that shaken up. I honestly thought, hey, I'm tough. I'll be fine if my house gets broken into. But I get home one day, and my front door is wide open. And I was kind of like, okay, no big deal. All the lights are on in the house. It's like, that's kind of unusual. I keep walking around. My bedroom door and my roommate's bedroom door open. Our mattresses are off, like the box springs. And I'm like, this is really weird. Uh, and so I'm like putting the box spring back. I'm like, why would this happen? And then all of a sudden I'm walking around and I realize that the door post around our main door had been uh, knocked down into our house. Like they had kicked in the door with the deadbolt on and the post had fallen down. And then all of a sudden it hit me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. We've been robbed, and I had no idea. It took me about five minutes, and then I was like, what do I do? I started looking around, like, what could possibly be gone? They only took three things. My computer, my roommate uh, had one of those big jars of coins, uh, and they took that, and then uh, they took a pair of my Jordans, and that was it. And then they got out, but I was like, what do I do? So I called, I was like, I guess I called 911. So I'm like, I don't know if this is an emergency, but my house just got broken into, and they're like, okay, we'll send somebody over. Then they go, is the person still in your house? And I just froze. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) And it it freaked me out. So I got off the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, the the thought of them still being in my house was was terrifying. I felt pretty weak at that point. Um, And I was like, what do I do? And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just go to bed. Okay. Um, No, of course I didn't just go to bed. Uh, when there's the possibility of somebody in your house uh, like that and, and someone has intruded your space and you feel uh, like that has been taken from you, there's no way that you can sleep until you're sure that everything is fine. I was looking through every closet in my house and the police came over and I was like, you want to look, you know, like with me in the bathroom and stuff like that. Uh, and then our front door had been kicked in and there was no way to shut it. And so I was like, what do I do? So I just kind of, you know, shut the door as far as I could and I put our ironing board in front of it. And I took all the glasses in our house and I set them on top of the ironing board. And I thought, if someone breaks in in the middle of the night again, they'll knock over the ironing board. All the glasses will break. I will hear them. I'll wake up and I'll solve this case. Um, Anyways, point being, what do you do when you think that there's somebody possibly still in your house? There's no way you can sleep or feel safe or move on until that that is out. And you're confident and comfortable moving on. And I think the same should be true with our heart. And that's what we're talking about these couple weeks is this idea that that things can get lodged and they can get stuck in our hearts and we can just move on and act like everything is normal. 
and, and just go to bed and be like, hey, we'll fix that at some point. But why I think this is such a big deal, what we're talking about these couple of weeks is, is a heart. We're talking about the wellspring of life. We looked at, at Proverbs uh, 4.23 last week where, um, where Solomon says, uh, guard, he says, above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. This is so important that we take care of our heart because the rest of our life flows out of this. And, and it's an important thing to do, to put good things in and, and to take good things out. And, and there's a sense of urgency for this letting God work in us and letting God clean out our hearts. And last week we took a look at this idea of guilt and what that means and, and how, how God uses confession in our life, how he, he uses that and His Spirit works in us through others in that way to help clean out our hearts. And tonight I want to take a look at another, another emotion, uh, another thing that can get lodged in our heart. And that is the idea of greed. Greed. And I'll be honest, as I was, as I was preparing for this and thinking about what should we talk about tonight, there are a lot of things that I look at and a lot of things I've studied that, that, are, that are issues um, in the heart. Things like anger and jealousy and lust. And, and I was thinking, greed, is greed really the right topic to talk about? Is greed really right for our audience? And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, I don't know. I mean, honestly, one of the reasons I'm so proud to be part of the in community is because of the generosity I see. I see a ton of generosity in our college students here, students that give their money, give their time. I mean, last year we had, we had about 200 students go on spring break service trips up to Malibu, Canada, uh, down to the Dominican Republic, to, to Cambodia and, and other places around the world. And right now, I mean, we have 28 students on world deputation all over the world, giving up two months of their summer. And, and I've gotten a chance to, to see students that care so much about serving in this community, giving their money, giving their time, helping local social justice causes, wanting to serve, that I'm thinking, is this really a greedy audience? Would I really call our community greedy? I don't think so. I'm really proud. It's been an honor to be part of this community from the generosity that I've seen. But the reason that I want to talk about this tonight is because the more I, I see, the, the, the more I look at this idea of money and greed, as, as we walk toward Jesus Christ and we have a desire to walk with Him, the hardest part about it, I believe, for us is the idea of giving up control of our lives. And money has a lot to do with that. I think money is, is one of the biggest competitors for our heart. It's one of the biggest competitors for the control of our life. And the hard part about that is that a life fully uh, following Jesus Christ and surrender means giving up control. But we live in a society that says money is important. And not only money, but things. You need a lot. And this consumer culture we live in says uh, you need all kinds of things. And, and you have no idea how many times a day we are influenced by people and advertisements saying you need these things. In fact, I love infomercials. They're one of my favorite things because they make me feel so stupid about myself. In fact, I was watching this one the other night, and uh, I had no idea I even needed this product. But uh, go, ahead, go ahead and roll that clip if we can. Either way, it's fine. Um, I'll just explain. I'll kind of act it out. Could I get one volunteer? Okay, no big deal. I'm, uh, oh my gosh. 
Okay, take a look at this. This, you know, this comes on TV. How do you clean your feet? You bend, stretch, and you can't reach. Keeping your tired feet looking young is such a chore, but not anymore. This is Easy Feet, a revolution in convenience, a foot massage every day. Easy Feet has over 1,000 rejuvenating bristles to gently massage and clean the top, the bottom, and even has a built-in pumice stone for rough, cracked heels. So make ugly, dry skin a thing of the past. Easy Feet makes me feel a lot more confident when wearing my strappy shoes. Easy Feet will literally change the way you bathe forever. Easy Feet's unique design not only cleans your feet, but That's massages and gently uh, exfoliates and eliminates... We could keep going on for hours with this. But I love it because I watch something like this and I go, oh my gosh, you're right. I can't clean my feet. I need Easy Feet. And it takes me, I'm ready to call, I get the phone out, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. No, I just scrub them. Like, it's actually pretty simple. I got this one down. You know, but, but I love them. I love society because it keeps telling us we need more. And, and it sneaks up on us. And that's the thing about greed. Greed is sneaky. It sneaks up on us. And I want us to be ready for it. I want us to continue to be a generous people. I want us to develop great habits that we carry on long into life. And so, yes, I realize that talking about greed, talking about money even, that you're probably out here going, look, I'm in college. I have no money. I'm a broke college student. And I probably am going to come out of college in debt. So why even talk about this idea? But, but I, I, think, I think it's an important one because greed doesn't have to do with how much you have. It all has to do with the condition of your heart. It's nothing to do with our status and wealth, but where our heart is at. That's why I think this is so important for us to get after tonight. Cool? All right, let me pray and we'll get right after it. Oh, God, I know that as I hear messages like this, I think, oh, that's got to be for somebody else. Um, God, I pray you just help us see what it is you're doing, God, how we can be part of your kingdom, God, even the way that, uh, that you're working in us uh, to clean out our hearts, God, working from within. Um, God, helping us just be filled with love and good things. Lord, help us see tonight what you're doing uh, right here in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so greed. Now, greed says what's mine is mine because I earned it. I earned it. And greedy people have a very hard time parting with their stuff or their money because they earned it. It belongs to them. And they deserve it. And this can be anyone. Again, it has nothing to do with your financial status. It's all about your heart. Greed is a heart issue. See, no one ever thinks that they're greedy. In fact... I didn't even want to say what the title of tonight's talk was because I figured uh, you wouldn't come. You'd be like, oh, greed, talking about that, don't worry. I got that covered. I might have a little anger. I might have a little guilt in me. I may even feel jealous at times, but no way. I definitely am not greedy. I got that one down. But greed is a tricky one. It disguises itself sometimes. We'll hear people say, hey, no, I'm not, I'm not greedy. I'm just really careful with my money. I'm not greedy, I'm, I'm a saver. Or I'm not greedy, I'm, I'm responsible with my money. And we say things that sound good, that sound virtuous, but behind these statements lies greed. And I'm just as guilty of this. In fact, the parable that we're going to look at tonight from Luke chapter 12, I, you know, I didn't even like this parable a couple months ago. And I'd heard a couple times, and I was like, I don't like this. I see Jesus tell this guy he's greedy, and I disagree. 
By the way, don't disagree with Jesus. Bad idea. But um, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he is greedy. I just think he's smart. And so my challenge for you tonight as, as we talk about this is, is my challenge is to be open to the idea that this is actually for you. And maybe your mom or your brother may need to hear this message more, but, but be open tonight to this idea that this could actually be for you. Okay, here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 12, Jesus is talking to some folks, okay, and uh, teaching like he normally does very well. And uh, starting in verse 15, um, we're going to, well, we'll start from 13 because that's what we got. Okay, so Jesus, uh, not Jesus yet, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And this is, this is really important to see. Be, he says, watch out. That means greed is sneaky. It can sneak up on you sometimes. But he says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Okay. So here's, I don't know if you see kind of what I see here, um, but, but as, I, as I see this, I go, this is just smart. I mean, here's a farmer, and he has way more of a harvest than he thought he was going to have, and he doesn't have space to hold it all. What is he going to do? Just let it all rot? You know, just, just leave it? Uh, no, he's going to build bigger barns. That seems like the smart play in this situation. And that's what I always thought as I looked at it. But, but as we look closer, we look, we look into this man's heart, and that's where we see greed. And I want you to pay attention to two things here. Okay? Uh, the first is that the farmer believes that he has earned the crop. He thinks he deserves it. He relies none on God in this situation. He says, look, look what's happened. Look what I've done. And a farmer more than anyone should realize, hey... You know, if the sun doesn't shine and the rain doesn't fall and, you know, my crops won't grow, it's not about me. But in this situation, it's all about him. And he really forgets that, that God is in control here until it's, it's made pretty quickly known to him uh, when his life is, is taken from him. Okay, but it's all about him, number one. He's responsible for it. And then he takes the extra and he looks at a way of using it just for himself. Just for himself. The question he should be asking in this case is, what should I do with the extra? How often do we ask that question? I have more than I need. What should I do with the extra? Chances are you don't have as much as you wish you had. I understand. But the fact is that you're here right now and you probably have more than most people in this world. My guess is that you have more than your parents had at your age. And in our culture of consumerism, where we're constantly being told we don't have enough, 
You need more. We start believing that instead of being appreciative for what we do have. And this, this makes us very vulnerable to greed. See, the funny thing is, when, when I don't have enough, I quickly find myself talking to God. God, why don't I have enough to get through this month? Why, why is it that I don't have enough? But rarely do I ask myself the question, God, why do I have more than enough? Why do I have more than I need? Seven years ago, I had a chance to go on my first mission trip uh, with the inn. I was a student here, and I went to the Dominican Republic, the first trip that they did to the DR. And we had to raise $1,350 for the trip. And I never raised money, but I sent out letters and asked people to give money for my trip. And people started giving and the money started coming in. I got so excited. And I was like, oh, come on, God. I was praying all the time. God, help me raise this money. I really don't want to have to pay out of pocket. This would be awesome. And, and, and all the money came in. And I was just like, yes, thank you. And then a crazy thing happened. People kept giving money. And so I was supposed to raise $1,350. And it kept going up to like $1,600. And I came in and I looked in the binder one day. And I saw how much money I had. And my first thought was, I wonder if I could ask them to get that money back. The extra. Now, that wasn't my money. I didn't earn it. Uh, Other people gave money to the church so that I could go on a mission trip. And my first thought was, I wonder if there's a way I could collect $250 out of this whole situation and come out on top. Never once was I thinking about uh, maybe someone else doesn't hasn't raised enough and that money could help go to someone else's trip. I wasn't thinking maybe we should use the extra to buy toys or, or baseball stuff for the kids in the Dominican. All I could think about was myself in this situation. And that's the same thing we see with the farmer. All he thinks about is himself. It's all about him. If you pay attention, let's put that back up. If you pay attention, there's a ton of, of me statements. It's me. Look what I've done. Okay? He says, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. The only time he even says you, he's just talking to himself. It's all about him. I've never seen such a... I think this is the place that we're most in the Bible where it's all about... There's so many statements of just me. Look at me. He's so concerned with his life that when his life is taken, he has nothing. He could have done so much good with what he had. He could have have given things away. He could have helped other people. Even if he chose to keep everything and retire, he could have done a lot of good with his life. When you hear about doctors who make a ton of money and then retire at an early age so they can go do medical stuff in the developing world, giving away their time. That's great. He could have helped other people farm. He could have have done anything. But he said, no, 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 no. Now that I have been taken care of, I will just eat, drink, and be merry. I'll be fine. No need to help anyone out. I love a line from Andy Stanley's book looking at some of these hard issues. And he says, uh, says, what did your mom teach you to do? When you had two cookies and your sister had none. She probably said, hurry and eat them both before your sister can wrench one out of your greedy little hands. No, what did she say? You have two cookies, share one. Share one with somebody who has none. If God has blessed you with more than you need, my guess 
Is it so you can share with people in need? You are incredibly blessed. Why? Why has God chosen you to be such a keeper of so many resources? I mean, you sitting here, we have some of the smartest, wealthiest, most passionate, talented people in the whole world sitting right here. You've been blessed for a reason. And I have to believe it's so you can do good with your money, your time, and your talent. Don't waste it. Don't just store it up. Be generous. Because generosity conquers greed. If you want to stop greed, you've got to be generous with what you have. You have to give. Plain and simply, because giving stops the power of greed in our heart. The same way that confession stops the power that guilt can have on us. When we give, when we give our time, when we give our money, when we look for ways to help, it stops the hold that greed can have on our hearts. Have you guys seen the show? I love the show. Uh, Extreme Makeover, Weight Loss Edition. Anyone? We're going to show a clip today. It didn't work. Thank you, anyone, at least four people. I'm addicted to this show. I've only watched it for two weeks. But this guy named Chris, he's jacked and he's motivating. And he goes in and he helps people lose like 300 pounds that are just really, really obese and need to lose weight to survive. And, and he motivates them and he gets after them and he gives them the tools to how to work out correctly and eat correctly. And, you know, usually the people lose two or 300 pounds in the show. And, and I don't know why I'm so caught up in this show, but I, I can't stop watching. He, he refers to himself as a guy who specializes in transformation. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, and he gets down, he starts yelling at people. In fact, the episode last night, there's a large place of just beep, 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 where you can't hear because this lady won't do like the exercises that he has her do. And these people sign up to be part of a program. Okay, and then he says, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take you through a program. It's going to be a year long. You're going to lose half your body weight. You're going to get in a position where you're going to live for a long, long time rather than about a year, which is probably what you're going to live now. And, and then he takes them through his, uh, his program, and that means working out. And the lady last night was hilarious because she just wanted to give up, and she didn't actually want to work out. And I, sometimes I, I think that's how it is. Sometimes we're like, hey, I want to be... You know, I want to be in really good shape, but if, if you just, if you somehow give me the tool to be in really good shape, you know, and, and be able to work out, then I will. If you put my heart in better condition, I'll work out way more. But here's a guy saying, here's, I got the secret for you. You need to work out. You need to push yourself so that your heart gets in better shape. And I think this is our way that we look at generosity or greed sometimes as we think, God, if you give me a generous heart, I will give. A lot, But right now, the problem is, I don't have a super generous heart. If you give me that, then I'll give a lot. And in here, what we have is Jesus saying, I'm going to give you a generous heart. And what you need to do to get there is to give. Jesus says, where our treasure is, so our heart will be also. Where we invest our money, where we put it, our heart follows. That's why when you start investing in the stock market, uh, you start looking at the stocks all the time because you care about it. All of a sudden, you care about something you never cared about before because your own money's in it. Fantasy football, same thing. You start putting money in. Oh, by the way, football season's back. Hey, that's great. Uh, 
sorry, for those that know the lockout ended, yeah, it's, we're going to have football this year. That's exciting. Um, it really is. Today was a great day, or yesterday when the lockout ended. Um, totally forgot what we were talking about, but that's good news. Um, but I'm in a fantasy football league. We put 30 bucks in. There's like $400 in a pot. I care so much about it because uh, my money's invested there. Where our, our, where our treasure is, our heart follows. Okay, I know what else you're thinking. You're probably thinking a couple other things. I don't have that much money. It wouldn't really help anyone for me to give. I can't give that much. And you know what? That's okay. That's totally okay because it's not about what you have. Okay, it's about developing habits. In your life, if you make $10 a year right now and you have trouble giving $1 out of 10 and thinking, once I make more money, it'll be really easy to give. It, it doesn't get any easier. When you make 50000 all of a sudden the idea of giving away $5,000 is going to be really tough because what we've developed is a heart that, that isn't about generosity. And the other thing you might be thinking, and this is the pretty convicting one to me, okay, and this, is, this has been a hard one I've been wrestling with for a while now, is that, is that we're probably sitting here going, look, I, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, and I, I know that I'm not greedy because I know what greedy people look like. They look like Scrooge. They look like people that have a ton of money and they sit on top of that money and they laugh at poor people and they have no heart to take care of people and they're really mean. And I'm nothing like that. I have a heart for people. I look at people that are in need and, and my heart goes out to them. And I feel for them. And my heart breaks for people when I see them in need. And so we look and we feel generous. And we feel compassionate. And then we walk away. And we do nothing. And when we do that, that's greed. Because greed isn't a feeling. Okay, I doubt any of us in this room would say that we, we feel greedy. It's not, it's not a feeling. Greed is a confession. It's, it's a refusal to act. You can feel compassionate and still be greedy. That's the tough thing about it, is that greed and compassion can be lodged in the same heart. They can be roommates in here. Okay, we may feel angry. We may feel guilty. We may feel jealous. But rarely are we going to feel greedy. And that's what makes this scary. That's why I believe Jesus says, look out. Be on your guard against this because it sneaks up on us. You may not feel it. I never really feel greedy, to be honest. The only time I ever feel greedy is when I go to Mongolian Grill and I get the biggest bowl I can possibly get and I carry it with both arms over and set it down and then I eat like a third of it and I take most of it in a to-go box and I'm so pumped for the next four meals and I get out on the ab and someone on the ab goes, hey, can I have that food? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest decision ever. And if I'm with someone, I'll give it to look good, but if I'm not, I'll keep it. That's awkward. Um... But that's the only time I really feel greedy is when, when I can walk away from that. Sometimes we don't feel it. Okay, so what do we do? Where do we go from here? Here's my suggestion. One, find a place to serve in your life. It's a great opportunity. You're in college, you may not have very much money, but you, got, you probably got time and you got something that you care about. Look for a place to serve for an hour a week, an hour every, every couple weeks. And then here's a, here's a pretty practical habit to develop. Okay, and that is percentage giving. 
Percentage giving. Look at what you make and, and figure out a percentage that works for you and give. And maybe it's 2%. You know, maybe it starts with 2%. Hey, I can give 2% of what I make. And, and maybe you bump it up, you know, 1% every year till you get to 10, 15, you know, 20%. You know, but, but that it, it, keeps, it keeps working. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. And then, too, when you see, when your heart goes out to something, when you feel, hey, I, I really, man, that's got my heart. Don't be afraid to give in the moment to what that is. One thing I, don't, I want you to know is, is I don't care where you give, right? The last thing in the world that I would want to do is have you think that I was about you giving here. Like this is a guilt trip to, to give money. We don't even take an offering or anything here. Okay, that's, that's not what it's about. It's not about trying to, to fund the ministry here. Uh, do something you're passionate about. Support a friend's mission trip. You know, maybe research an organization, something you're passionate about. Uh, some organization that's doing kingdom work and, and give to that. The blessing comes as we get to be part of what God's doing, His kingdom work. And this isn't biblical. This is just my own personal observation. I've never met a generous person who was unhappy. I don't know if I've ever met a really greedy person who was happy with their life. Just a thought I had. Um, And the last thing in the world, I want to close with this. The last thing in the world I want is for you to feel guilty about what you have. That's not what this is about. When we were in Cambodia over spring break, there was a, a guy telling us about an organization where, you know, a guy will just take tourists, he'll just take them uh, with him to the garbage dump, and he'll show them little kids eating garbage. And the tourists would feel so guilty. Oh, my gosh, look at all my wealth, that they would just give money. And I don't think it even went to anything good. The guy would just collect the money and go do something with it. But he, he used guilt to leverage people's money. That's not what it's about here. Okay, You shouldn't feel bad about what you have. You, you've been put in this position. God has, has chosen you to manage uh, an amount of his resources. So don't feel guilty about that. What this is about is understanding whose wealth it is. When I have money, when I have time, when I've been gifted in certain ways, these things come from God. A God who's crazy, crazy in love with us and doesn't want us to feel guilty about what we have. Okay, but instead of thinking, man, I need these things. I need these things to expand my kingdom. How can we look at how we can be a part of the building of God's kingdom? God works through our hearts in that way. God's Spirit works in us, transforms our heart through generosity. In doing this, we empty our hearts of greed. We allow ourselves to grow toward Jesus. We give up control of an area of life that's tough to give up control. I know talking about money's hard, but uh, my hope, my wish, for you guys, uh, for all of us, um, as we as we walk this road, wherever we're at with Jesus Christ, whether we came in here and have no idea who Jesus is, and maybe this is completely the wrong message for you tonight because you're going, who's Jesus? Whether you've been walking this road your whole life and, and as we struggle together, my goal is uh, transformation, continued transformation, being transformed in Jesus Christ, knowing Him more, letting Him work in us through some very practical and and also some ways that we don't understand. But that's my hope. And, and, and again, I don't want to 
uh, come here tonight um, trying to convict us that, that we're greedy people. I, I look out and see so much generosity in this community, but I know that this can be something that sneaks up on us. And my hope is that we just continue to, to look at Jesus in the way that he's working in our hearts. So thanks, guys. It's, it's been an honor. I've loved my time here the last three years, and uh, I'm very, very proud to be a part of this community and to move on from here. Let me pray for us. God, it's hard to see sometimes how much you have blessed us when we sit struggling. God, when we look out at a world and and see more. God, even as we look at our own world, God, and, and see where we're lacking, where we're having a hard time with life, how we need to take care of ourselves. God, but I just pray that, that our faith would grow. God, that we would just learn to trust You, knowing that You're taking care of us, God. Lord, help us to grow in Your image and in Your love. God, let us continue to be people transformed by Your loving heart for us. We pray these things in Your name. Amen.